one little cage and they had a rat in the cage and they had water uh, and a little bottle and they had uh, another uh, bottle of water with cocaine in it. And um, each time they did it, each time they did the experiment, they um, the rat chose the water with the cocaine and overdosed and killed itself. You know, it died, died, it died over and over again. They tried it in different ways, but same thing. That rat in that cage died. And so they... Um, tried it a different way where they put 20 rats in this community uh, cage, much larger, had a home for each of them and had like a play area and had multiple water bottles and had multiple cocaine water bottles, uh, water bottles filled with cocaine in it. And um, in that rat haven community, the rats chose the water and continued thriving and living in their community and none of them overdosed and none of them died. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, in life, uh, there's a lot of people who are alone and who are that, who's that like, who are, you know, that one rat in the story, in the experiment. Welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. My name is Ashanti Branch, and I'm really glad you joined us. Today's guest is Samir Zakir. Samir is the founder of the Illuminate Entertainment Group, and he has set a goal to have a positive impact on culture. They do this through entertainment, through political work, and through business projects. Samir has been an entrepreneur since he was 16 years old. He calls himself a serial entrepreneur. In this work of the Taking Off the Mask podcast, you know, we mostly talk about our masks. Um, something really powerful that came up in this conversation um, as Samir asked me about my brother um, is I talked about my brother and how he's battling some addictions right now. I also talked about in this in this show my, pat, my own addiction of food and sweets and all that stuff that I really enjoy to eat as I eat finding comfort in eating. Amir... Samir told a story about um, uh, some rats, uh, scientists who did this experiment with some rats and how addiction is really the opposite of community. Let me say that again. Addiction is the opposite of community. I think some people would think the opposite of addiction would be sobriety, right? But the scientists found that community helps us find ways of navigating the stuff that we may be going to the addictions for. You're going to hear that in this conversation. You're going to hear us talk about anxiety and trauma. Um, it's a really powerful conversation. I'm really excited about uh, what's going to happen this summer as our young men are being a part of this work too. Samir is going to do a, a talk with our young men this summer. The Social Emotional Leadership Academy is kicking off, our leading us up toward our one-year anniversary of the podcast. We're about to be at a one-year anniversary in the end of August, or the beginning of August. And so we look forward to you being a part of this with us. And we look forward to you telling someone about this show. If you found something valuable here, please share this episode with somebody. If you haven't subscribed, we invite you to do that. We openly want you to make a mask. We've collected over 50,000 masks from more than 30 countries. And this summer, we're going to get a final count on how many countries our work has reached. Uh, you get to meet our young men in a couple of weeks who are working on this project this summer. So thank you for being a part of the Taking Off the Mask podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoy today's episode. We'll see you soon. I'm smiling extra big today because I'm so glad to have Samir with us here. And we had a, a little talk before we got started uh, because... Uh, I'm in a, I'm in a kind of a new space. I'm in the same space, but I'm in a new space. So, Samir, thank you for your patience, and uh, thank you for being a part of this, uh, of the first day of this new experience that we're having here. So, welcome to the show. Of course, thank you, Ashanti. I'm super excited um, to be your first guest with all this new equipment and your whole new cool setup, man. So, uh, thank you for that. Um, I'm Samir Zakir, and I'm an entrepreneur in entertainment and media. Uh, and a political consultant and activist, uh, and I live in Los Angeles, California, and yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, you know, um, when, when we say new, uh, you know, everything, new is relative. We, we, all we did, we built a little wall around me um, mm -hmm. so that in our 
international headquarters here at Ever Forward, that which is a one room office here. That's all it is. Uh, but it just sounds nice to say it that way. Uh, we get to have this space, and I'm so glad right now that I get to have this conversation mm-hmm. with Samir. Samir and I got connected last year um, by one of our other interns, mm-hmm. um, Alberto, um, and we, we we started setting up the time, and then we finally were able to make it happen now um, that Kevin has taken over. And so I'm so thankful for your willingness and your patience with us and our small team here. So thanks for uh, being patient with us as we got this together. Of course, man. Thank you. Right on. Well. Today is, well, today is Saturday here in the, you know, like real time, but uh, today we get to come together to have these masks. You know, Samir asked me um, right before we started recording, like, you know, he made the mask, but he was like, well, what is, what is, what is the conversation going to be about? And I was like, that's it. It's just a space for men to come together, men of all ages, to talk about our masks and to normalize the idea that what if it was okay as men in these bodies that we were born into, whatever society you may have grown up in, but also knowing that, you know, in Oakland, California, I was told certain things. Don't talk about feelings, suck it up, man up. Don't show, you better not be afraid. You better not be sad. You better, embarrassed. Like, what is all that? Like, I was told rules around masculinity that I don't agree with, but I didn't know any better. So I followed them and I stuffed everything. And what we get to do today and what I'm trying to create with this, this movement with the Taking Off the Mask podcast, with the Million Mask movement is a space so that we can take off our mask in a, in a healthy way, in a safe way, not to expose anybody's stuff, to say, hey, what would you be willing to talk about if we could talk about it a little bit more, if we could go a little deeper to inspire other men out in the world that are feeling like they can't talk about it either. So uh, I'm so glad that he, Samir has been willing to be a part of it today and uh, we're excited to get into the show. So yes. Yeah, man. Well, you know the the way it works, and um, is you've already made your mask, and so you're you're ahead of me today because uh, I didn't make one, but I was thinking about it today as I was here on this construction project, and I think like I'm gonna I'm drawing it right now. But so the question is, you get to decide who goes first. You get to decide uh, whether you go first or whether I go first, and it's up to you. However, uh, it feels good for you uh, to share the mask. So. Well, my for those first that question don't is, do you mask. make a different do you oh, make a different mask per episode? Do you make I a do. different mask yeah, with like different uh, answers? Oh great. Okay. I would, um I sometimes the answers are similar, sometimes they're different. Today I have a new one that's gonna show up because I have been um I've been like listening to a lot of like uh things that have been helping me trying to reshift some focus. So I have this a new word that I'm not, not a new word, I guess not a new, but yeah, I try, I try and I try and make it really in the in the moment, like present. So I'm present, and I'm not like like I've used similar words for the most time I've been doing this work because I've, I've made hundreds of masks. Um, and sometimes I'm like, you know what, I want to try a new word today. You know, I'm gonna test out a new right because they're anonymous when we make them. Right, this is the only time that actually I share my mask all the time. Um, but when we do workshops, they're anonymous, so no one knows which one is mine um, for the most part. But um, yeah, I make a new one. Every episode, and I have them all right here from with the person's name who I'm talking to, and yeah, I just it's a way for me just to make sure that I'm not like just going through motions, right? Sure, yeah, sure, sure. absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for asking. All right, well then, I think I'd choose that. I, I'll choose that you go first. Okay, okay, all right. Well, for those who have not made a mask, let me tell you what it what it is. So the first, um, and you can go to our website and make a mask if you want to make a mask. It's 100kmasks.com. You can make your mask there anonymously. Uh, the first step is to draw a mask. And then what you do is on the front of the mask, you write three words that are qualities of yourself that you gladly let the world see. Qualities or characteristics that you gladly let the world see. And then on the back of the mask, you write three words of things that you normally don't let people see. You don't normally talk about. Um, and so uh, today, uh, if I'm going to share my, my mask, my front of my mask, um, I'm going to use these. Okay. And hmm. Okay, here we go. So show the front. I'm gonna check out the lighting situation. Let's see what we're gonna do. Okay. Okay. So the front of my mask, uh, I drew it like this. Uh this is a new design. <laughs> these are like these couplings we use for this wall we just built. So I just thought <laughs> I would incorporate some of the real real that's happening right now. Um, and three words I wrote today are 
caring, hardworking, and funny. Caring, hardworking, and funny. Um, and um, I wrote caring first this time because I think uh, it's been really present for me recently around how many things that I care about, how many things that that I, that take up a lot of my energy now, not because I really Sometimes I don't want them to take my energy, but I but I'm, I'm concerned about them and I care about them. And even when I'm like, well, look, Shanta, you need to be focusing on your career, your thing, your stuff, and um, and stuff pops out, you know, like stuff pops out. Like I got a call today from a correctional facility in Orange County, actually, um, and the person who was on it didn't. I couldn't hear their name. So they, they were saying their name before the beep, I guess, right? So like all I hear was like a syllable, blah, 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 blah. That's all I kept hearing. And I'm like, who is this? I didn't want to answer and use up their money and like I but I want to make sure I answer for the right person. And all I'm gonna keep thinking about all day. 1042, the call came in. 1042. I have not stopped thinking about who is it? Is it somebody who was really calling me or they had the wrong number? But they called back twice. And so like, man, it's just interesting, like. Like I'm, I'm wondering about all the young people who I work with. I'm, I've been mentoring young men for over 20 years, right? So they know my number. They got my number. I'm not, my number has never changed in the last 20 years, you know? And so that's what wow. so And the caring is like, um, I sometimes goes into worry. It goes into worry, you know, a little bit too much. And so um, yeah, that's the front of the mask. I mean, as you know, I normally show people that I'm really caring. So they know they can call me anytime, right? Um, so that's what, that's the one that's standing out to me out of those three right now. Mm. I like that. That's awesome, yeah. man. That's uh, that's very interesting because you said that it's like a positive quality that you do show people, but then the worry side, you maybe not want to necessarily show people, or that you definitely right. Like you, or, or or do you actually like reveal that you're worried about things with people in your life? I think I try and do it with my team. Uh, I try yeah. and like be. I try and create a team where where transparency is really important, right? Where I'm not acting like like we do work around masks. It would be it would be really hypocritical for me to be like, Hey, everything's great <laughs> when it's not like, and I try to do a balance between, between how much do I dump on other people as opposed to like, Hey folks, you know, in, in my check-in today, I'm going to talk about this. Cause we, in our meetings, we have check-ins. Right. And to not always pretend like, because I'm the boss, I have to have it all figured out. Cause I don't. And I think I'm really clear with my team that I'm, 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 I'm going to work harder than anyone possibly here um, because I care a lot. And because this means important to me, and if I'm struggling, I'm gonna. Sometimes I'm gonna. Something. Some things I don't necessarily always bring to everybody, but some things, you know. I mean, that's humanness, right? But I also am willing to say, you know what, having a rough week. This is what's going on, and so people can be mindful of each other, right? I think we want a team that people can trust each other's, and that if if you're not showing up strong at work, it's not because you're being lazy or you don't want to work hard. Maybe there's something in life that's hitting you hard. And you can't give 100% right now. So where what can you give? Can you give 80, 70? Where, where are you at today? Just so that our expectations of you and of each other is respectful of what is really present for you. So that's how I try and do it with my team. You know, So I think the worry, I don't talk about it a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty open about many things. But um, I think the caring is like, it may come out because I'm an intense person. You know, I think as a hard, I'm a hard worker. I'm serious, you know, like... So sometimes it doesn't come out always. It's like, what is going on with this, right? Like, what's happening with this, right? Um, when it's, yeah. So anyway, it, it, yeah, it may come to the back stuff. It, it's a lot. It, I feel it's a lot right now. So I'm looking forward to hearing your front of the mask. Sure. Yeah. No. Absolutely, man. So my front looks like this. I don't know if you can see it with the lighting. Yeah. Can you see it? I can. I can. Yay. I didn't know how to draw a mask. It's funny. I like Googled masks so I could just like copy a picture of a mask. <laughs> and then nothing but face masks came on that are like for protecting your mouth. <laughs> I'm like, uh, well, I just winged it. Literally, I had like a few seconds to draw it because I read that I had to draw it. <laughs> so it's this humor confidence. Huh? No, keep going. Keep it, going. I'm sorry. sorry. It says humor, confidence, and empathy. And so I'll say like with each of them quickly, humor, um, I think I just like to, you know, I always say that a day without laughter is a day wasted. I think we all have to laugh. It's like the best medicine. So I always uh, say that and have believed that for a long time. Um, and I also realized that like humor can be used in, in, in kind of 
kind of like tragic situations and good situations and like everything in between. So I do feel like I show that and I appreciate humor. Um, and I try to make fun of things in order to make situations better for myself or for people uh, in a positive way, you know, kind of be lighthearted and um, try to find the, the humor in, in as many situations as possible. Um, and then the second is confidence. I usually, uh, it usually looks like I know what I'm doing and that I have a vision and that uh, I am uh, in charge of my environment and who I am and all that. Um, and then third is empathy. So I feel that uh, even though I haven't gone through every situation and, and every journey and experienced every path, I feel like I can understand um, why people make the decisions that they do and why they're in the situation that they are and then react the way they do uh, based on the situations uh, that, you know, they have uh, experienced or the, you know, cards that they've been dealt. So it makes it sometimes difficult to, like, form, like, a matter-of-fact opinion on things because I do see almost both or multiple sides of everything for people. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's my front. Yeah, right on. Now, when you said, I think I heard you say something like, I have to be in charge or I, I, I want people to know what I'm doing. Like, what, what, what are the things you do that you have to show people that? So I don't have to show people that. I feel like okay. I just do naturally. Um, I, I think I, I, I think I naturally do just show that, which sometimes gets exhausting because I like to co-op. I like to work with others. Um, so I have like kind of owned my own businesses since I was 16. I'm like this serial entrepreneur, always coming up with concepts and ideas. So I attract people who like to take direction and like to have like an established vision uh, that they will come in and work for and with. Um, and so I'm usually, you know, in that way, a leader, um, which has always worked out up until recently when I'm like, wait, I actually do want to collaborate with people and, and kind of like throw bounce ideas back and forth, which I've always done. But for the most part, I attract people in my life and businesses who want to kind of take direction and who want to like um, add to whatever value they have to like my existing um, to my existing project or whatever the vision is for the the you know thing that we're working on or doing and then just in my personal life as well so i've usually been pretty confident even though we all have flaws and i'm fully aware of like all the flaws one that i could have in life um from everything yeah. you know physical to uh emotional to personality traits but i've been pretty confident uh whereas uh, i I've, i haven't really um I don't really pay attention to like the negative qualities or the, 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 the things that are lacking um, in my life, even though I can be aware of them. So that kind of ends up leading you to think that, you know, someone might be confident. So yeah, that's what I show on the outside is that I'm, I'm just self-aware, but you know, um, confident with situations or myself. Right on, right on. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks for that yeah, insight. Yeah. Okay, so now we're gonna move to the back. Now the back, okay. for those who are watching or those who are out there, the back is different than the front. The back are the things that we normally don't talk about. We normally don't necessarily share. So, um, oh yeah, I was I, I was actually paying attention to you. So I was like, I didn't write them because I was uh writing them on the spot. So this one is one that I was changing today. Um, um, hmm. I'm going to write this one. And um, hmm. interesting. And um, <laughs> actually, now that now that we just talked about that. Um, okay. So normally, okay, I'm gonna show them and then I'll, I'll tell them what they are. Okay. So uh, recently, I've, I would I, I normally would write fear of failure. So I wrote fear of, and I wrote these little lines because there's fear of a lot of things, right? Mm -hmm. And then I wrote my brother's mental health, and I wrote worry. And 
Like, when I think about worry on the back, meaning, like, I really want to be a warrior. Like, I don't want to be a worrier, you know? Like, there's a, there's you a man be a warrior, not a warrior. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I want to be a... <laughs> I want to be a warrior, not a worrier. For those who are learning English, you may be like, what is he saying? He's saying the same word twice. Like, I want to be a person who like confronts battles, like takes on challenges, is not afraid of like speaking out against social injustice. Like I feel sometimes I'm a when stuff happens, like I want to speak out against it. And then I realize I'm working in this nonprofit industrial complex. I gotta like make sure I don't make any of these, these people out here mad who give grants out. And I'm a, I sometimes I feel like I'm a a worrier and so i don't i don't say stuff i don't speak truth to power sometimes when i really want to because i'm worried about oh but it's going to cause people to get mad they're not going to want to donate to the organization they're going to blah 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 and i don't want to i don't want to live like that and so something i'm really working on right now um is working on that fear and i think i was hearing someone just today i forgot what i was listening to and they were talking about the idea between uh fear of like failure and compared to like fear of not trying something new like to let i'm not really against failing actually i i fail all the time like there's there's weekly stuff that i want to go one way goes a different way but it doesn't stop me so i i think what i've been readjusting in the fear of is like maybe my fear is not of failure my fear is like of not giving my best of not like um trying something new not getting stuck in a, a rhythm that says here's how you have to do it because it's, i think i'm I've, huh. i think when i think about getting a job like a going to like there's companies out there hiring people who i feel qualified to do where i could make double what i'm making here at ever forward maybe even more right um what i can pay myself but i'll be stuck I'll be stuck. I'll be, I think I'll be fear of like being stifled, the fear of like not being able to let my ideas run. Like I get to be creative here, right? It, there comes the, the scary part of like, okay, I got to raise the money and make sure I pay everybody too. That part of a nonprofit work, but I get to be creative. I get to like take what I feel like all the, the seeds that were planted in me throughout the some of the tragic things that happened in my life, but also some of the experiences I've had and let them help serve humanity. And uh, I think as I started thinking about writing fear of failure, because I didn't write it, I was going to write it today. I was going to, I'm going to write on front. Is it fear of failure today? And I was like, well, maybe it's not fear of failure. Maybe it's mm. the fear of like, of just not having the freedom to go after it. Right. Or when failure becomes like, oh, you get called to the office, to somebody's office because that thing you tried to do didn't work and now somebody's mad or they're they're not mad, but they're having this talk with you about your performance review, right? And now you're like, I was, I, I just tried to do something amazing and it didn't work, like, you know? So anyway, those are the things that are coming up right now um, that are that are standing out the most on this, on the back. And you don't share your brother's mental health. Can you elaborate on that or is it more private? No, it's, um, I, I don't talk, I, I, I've been talking more about it a little bit lately. Um, yesterday morning, yesterday morning, Friday morning, Friday morning, he came to my house. It was four thirty, five in the morning. He was asking for some a sandwich and a coffee. And I'm like, dude, you did not just wake me up. I just got off a plane. You wake me up at five in the morning asking for coffee and a, why are you not at your house? And he's out. I wanted to cash my check. I'm like, there's no check cashing place open at five in the morning. My brother has paranoid schizophrenia and uh, he, he he will ruminate. So I, you know, I have to be careful telling him I'm going to take him anywhere, tell him I'm going to buy him lunch. If I tell him anything, he will call me 50 times to remind me, almost to remind himself, you still going to bring me food? I'm like, so I've learned I can't tell him. I can't, you can't, I want to tell him, hey, I'll bring you something after work. He will call me every 30 seconds like to remind me. And so I love my brother. You know, he's my first brother. I'm the oldest of uh, four. He's the first brother. I was after me is my sister. So my brother, um, I struggle. And now he's like trying substances, you know, that are messing with him even worse. So he comes to the house. It was cold outside and I really want to let him in, but I can't let him in because I already know what that turns into. 
Um, and it just makes me really nervous, you know, it makes me worried about him. I, I, I fear, I fear a lot about him being hurt. Right. Cause I think mm-hmm. police don't, aren't always trained or remember the training on how to deal with people with mental health issues. They want to control. My brother doesn't even answer my questions directly. So I know he's not going to answer some officer's question directly. Right. Like yelling at my brother means nothing. You don't even, you don't even know you're yelling. Like mm-hmm. fussing at him doesn't even matter. It's like, hmm, what? But you know, it's just, so I worry about him a lot. I think that's what worry is yeah. there too about, you know? So yeah. So that's my brother. Um, and uh, yeah. And I was up and then around six o'clock, I mean, literally an hour and a half trying to talk to him at the door. Like, okay, I'm going to make you, if I make you something, you know, like all this stuff, we're having a long conversation. I'm like, why are you, I'm trying to find the real truth of the story. He's like, he's avoiding the answers. And so we're, we're going back and forth. And um, at six o'clock, the sun starts coming up and he's like, all right, I'm going. And then he just disappears. Like, what, what, what do you mean you're going? Like, what, what, right? Like literally. Night owl. He probably loves the night. <laughs> yes. And Oakland nights are not the best. It's not like walking around the pier at Santa Monica, right? It's like, <laughs> he's like walking around like where we, oh my gosh. It's like, dude, you can't be doing this. Because I worry. Because I, you know, I was like, well, maybe I should have driven him. When he walks away, my mind goes into, maybe I should have just got up and driven him back home. Yeah. But but if every time I do it, I think he's not getting it, that it's not okay to keep doing this, you know? So I, mm-hmm. you know, but how much of it can he control what he thinks and not remembers or not thinks or not at realizes? And, and so all those, all those battles are happening on a somewhat regular basis. Yeah. But that's where you're yeah. like empathetic. You haven't experienced what he has, but you understand that like he probably has, doesn't have like the full control. Yeah. Of like what's happening in his mind. Yeah. I, I, I'm extremely, like I said earlier, I'm like extremely passionate about mental health. If I could devote my whole life to just bringing awareness to mental health mm-hmm. and then also like almost like a think tank tank situation where like people can yeah. come up with solutions because at the very, very least mental health is a spectrum. A lot of people who are talking about it don't understand that like a lot of people have mental health issues and it's like your, your brothers might seem a little bit more severe. Like it's a specific condition that, you know, might need different types of treatment or whatever. But two things I learned about mental health somewhat recently is like one, or this the first one I've known for a while. It's a a spectrum. It's, you know, people have anxiety, depression, can be very treated, all that, you know, they can have schizophrenia all the way up to other uh, conditions and diseases. But um, just like physical health, mental health has all these different, you know, um, types. And, and it's, it's, it's really a part of a spectrum. And things like depression and anxiety, at the least, if not a lot of mental health conditions and diseases, have a lot to do with our traumas and patterns and our own life that, you know, we, we have lived early on, especially um, little things that have happened. And so when I learned that, I was like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. Like even things like ADHD, um, mm. you may not be yeah. born with yeah. ADHD. It might not be something that's just in your brain and that you didn't have any control over it. There may be other factors like things that have happened in your life that kind of created and triggered this ADHD. So I felt like when I mm-hmm. learned that, it made a lot of sense to me. And I like to follow what makes sense to me. And I think when that made sense to me, I was like, oh, I see like this whole new layer of hope for like people who battle, you know, mental health um, issues. But yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come back to that when, once you share your back. I think um, definitely around the mental health and when you talked about whether it was from birth or it was created through these traumas, I, I definitely um, I'm going to I'm going to share something with you once yeah. once you share the back. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Thank you. So my back looks like this. <laughs> it's a little messy. I can never limit it to one word. You're so good at that. I saw all of yours no. like one word. <laughs> it's like mine are like. Uh, this, this, and this ish. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. You got, when you see other masks, you'll see they're all unique and they're exactly how okay. they're supposed to be. The, the one word is only trying to make it as simple as possible for those who want to do the bare minimum, right? It's always hard for me to limit things to one word for some reason. There it um, is. I'm glad. I'm very descriptive, probably too much so. So, like, my first one was I overthink and analyze things, slash, like, I'm hesitant and uncertain, which is completely opposite of the front, which was like confident, you know, I mean, confident slash sure of things and a leader, all that, you know? So 
I may be all that, but I'm also holding back that inside. I do overthink every idea I ever have, I, even though I think something might be brilliant and great and good for society and a good business concept. I do overthink and analyze. It's like um, analysis paralysis. I definitely have that. It's inside mm-hmm. mainly. I'm usually mm-hmm. uncertain of like everything I think of, no matter how great or how simple or how um, if it does work or doesn't work, I'll, I'll, I'll be unsure of it at some point. Uh, along the journey of, of doing it or saying it or, or um, uh, you know, experiencing it, I'll, I'll, I'll be hesitant in a way. Yeah. I do think about things, yeah. uh, overthink. And then another is I, um, if I am not in a good headspace and at this point now I just have to accept this in my life um, and when you accept it, it gets better. When I'm not in a good headspace uh, and that could be, you know, I can be in a great headspace for years um, and, or in one year, like during the pandemic, I was in a bad headspace, like every other day, like there was something that just got me upset and worried or whatever. I'll be anxious and nervous. So that's my second thing is like anxiety, anxiousness, not necessarily nervousness. There's, there's not much I can do that'll make me nervous, but mainly like that anxiousness, overthinking in my head about usually nothing, um, will trigger this anxious feeling and sometimes it gets pretty bad um realizing that it's just anxiety and all that has made it a lot better and i you know whatever but um and i've been great for years but during the pandemic it all came back because there was just so much of the unknown and i think a lot of us uh can experience anxiety when we're faced with the unknown in different parts of our lives yeah um and then the third is control so I feel like I control all aspects of my life. I like to be in control. I don't like to give up control, which is like little things. Like I like my place super clean. I want everything spotless. I want things organized. I want to own my own businesses and oversee how all departments function. Um, things like that. You know, I like to be in control of my life, my you know surroundings. Not in a way that people can usually tell. It's just in my mind usually. Like I'm organized in my mind. I write notes like crazy anytime I think of an idea or or I want to do something special for someone instead of just remembering it even though I probably would remember it I'll control it which means I'll put it down and I'll write exactly what I think about it in that moment (laughs) so yeah those are the three things (laughs) do you uh just thank you first of all thank you for sharing those that I appreciate the detail of that do you when you write your notes is it are you a journaler do you take post-its like what do you what is your a combination? So I'll write notes, and then the one uh, and my and my phone and my phone. That notepad has seen a lot of my thoughts. Uh, the note app. <laughs> I mean, I'll literally be in a massage. I'll be I'll be getting a massage, and I'll think of an idea, and I'll stop the masseur, and I'll be like, I need to go write something down on my phone. <laughs> like I just, you know, I'm not. It's not that crazy, but like I said, it's happened. Um, and. Uh, Things that are extremely important, I'll write on my whiteboard or I'll highlight on pieces of paper and then I'll like stick them up on like the wall here uh, with some tape. And so like just fitness plans and, you know, every week I have like a new fitness plan or diet or um, just the things I have to accomplish work-wise for the week that I'm not getting done because I'm procrastinating maybe. I'll write down and then tape it on my wall and then it'll get done. But usually I'll have my like five to 600 pages of notes on my iPhone for the for the like week. It'll be simple things. You literally you said five to six hundred. Yeah, so like so some of them can have each page can have like one word on. You know how like on the iPhone like you could write like uh <laughs> take allergy pills tomorrow or you can write like <laughs> buy milk and flowers. <laughs> um and then some of them and have we, like that's really paragraphs. Hard. Mm. And is that like, do you go back through them? Do, do you use them as a, as guideposts or more as like, once you get out of your mind? Huh? Very good question. Cause it's definitely the, once I get it out of my mind, I feel better. I very rarely go back. I'll usually once a month go back and read all the notes I've like written in the month and see what is relevant today. And I'll notice that a lot mm. of them are repeating themselves. Like I'll write like similar things and ideas but because i'm an entrepreneur and i'm like constantly coming up with ideas or ways to like 
um, enhance mm. products or businesses that I'm currently working with or, or some clients that I'm involved with. Um, you know, I'll, I'll have different ideas randomly pop up in my mind and then I'll write them down. Mm. And then I do revisit those notes for sure to materialize the ideas. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Well, when you were talking about having a very organized space, I was going to say my, my desk would probably drive you nuts. Like, like what, what, what you see here is well-crafted. You know, I, I, yeah. I, yeah. I worked that part out. But like right there, right, literally right there <laughs> and right mm -hmm. there is just, yeah, you, you yeah. <laughs> when you said that, I looked around like, oh, yeah, this would drive him nuts. He would be joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do that as well. I actually get really like messy and all over the place. But before I finish that task or like, let's say I'm writing a bunch of notes for hours and like creating documents and whatever, and it'll be all messy. I will literally be unable to move forward or do another thing unless I completely organize all the things in front of me that I just made a mess with. Like, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's really yeah. crazy. Like I won't be able to sleep at night if like my desk is a mess. I have, it has to be organized and my thoughts have to be completely clear with what I just like took on or else I'll, I won't be able to leave it for like even the next day. So it's difficult to live with people. Yeah. Like if you, if you like, when I have like some significant others in my life, I've, I've, some are good, but most of the time, you know, people are for me messy and that kind of creates chaos. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand. I can understand. I can understand what well, that does. I mean, it's good. It's good to know yourself, right? I think part of it is self-awareness, right? Like I'm self, I'm, you're aware. So then you can easily communicate to people, right? Those, mm -hmm. those needs or expectations and, People can be like, yeah, I can sign up for that. Or they'd be like, yep, maybe not. Right. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think being self-aware is one of the most important um, qualities one can possess because um, you help others by being self-aware and uh, it starts with helping yourself, obviously. Yeah. I think um, Brene Brown talks about this idea of uh, uh, kind is clear. Right. Like, mm -hmm. and if you're aware of what things create stress in you, create discomfort, create anger, like, and you are clear about it, then it's the kindest thing you can be to somebody as opposed to like trying to act like you're kind and you're, ha and you're happy about it. But knowing that you're like, you're about to like throw that thing in the garbage. Right. Cause it's sitting in the same, right. Whatever that thing, whatever that thing may be. Right. I think yeah. being able to have people, to know like, hey, you know what? This is something I really need to happen. And then so the person can be like, whoever it is can be like, oh, you know what? Yeah, okay. Oh, I didn't even know that. Okay, you know, and be able to do, uh, deal with it, right? As opposed to like it coming out in some r rush of frustration, anger, whatever, because it wasn't able to be communicated in a way that somebody could act on the on the thing, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I want to go back to one of the things you talked about. I think is there anything else you want to say about the back that before I, I, I kind of tap into this? That's all. That's all, man. I think I said it. I said uh, I said what I said. <laughs> you did, man. But one of the things you did say when you talked about trauma, we talked about like whether it in some of the research you did, but also in the studies and thoughts about mental health is that like what are the things that are with us from birth that came or that came through trauma, right? Through growing up, you know? And um, there's this book, um, there's a couple of books I've read over the last year that I've gotten, but this one uh, by Mark Wolin is called, It Didn't Start With You. Mm, and right. it's the, the, the tagline, I guess you call it, is how inherited mm -hmm. family trauma shapes who we are and how to end the cycle. Mm, inherited family trauma okay yeah and so sometimes i mean that that could be a thing that you say started before you right it didn't like uh there's another book that i that I'm, i've been reading over this last year i forgot what it's called it's called the body keeps the score right mm -hmm. um and so like when you think about things that happen like that comes through you know genetics right and things that come through life experiences um some things may in a maybe a well a healthy situation where we can talk about all the things we're feeling in a healthy way but i know i repressed all kind of thoughts and feelings until maybe the last 10 years because i was always under the belief that 
you know, hey, Amanda doesn't show feelings. Suck it mm-hmm. up, man up. Like, right? I was that's what that's what I was taught growing up, and that's what I I, I, I subscribe to. Okay, well, I want to be respected. I don't want people to call me names, so I'm going to act the ways that I'm told I need to act. Um, and when you talked about like whether things that are born with you or come things that come up through life, like trauma, ADHD, I think about one of my godsons who. You know, his mom passed when he was really young. He was five, right? She mm-hmm. passed. Um, she passed away at home of a um, of, of cancer in the esophagus. So basically, there was nothing mm-hmm. really they could do to help her. Um, and he never wanted to talk about it. I met him when he was like eight, maybe eight or nine, um, and he never wanted to talk about it. He was getting in trouble in school, acting out. I know it wasn't because he was a bad person. He was just he had so much stuff that he wasn't dealing with. He didn't know how to deal with it. His family. Family doesn't talk about it. Family ignores that they, that the kids have a right to feel what they feel about it. They they're telling the kids get over it. Hey, it happened two years ago. Get over it. And uh, and I know it bottled up. And you know, only as an adult, like literally, he graduated high school. I mean, he um, and his situation kicked off later, right? And man, and it hit him hard. You know, diagnosis with bipolar bipolar depression and. Um, it hit him. He got hard. diagnosed after. He got yeah, diagnosed he got, after all of this. Like, like nineteen, like nineteen years old. Yeah, mm-hmm. like held it all together, right? He was holding. He was like, I don't need to talk about none of this. I don't need to talk about none of this. And I could see it, you know, um, that it was he needed to talk about it. But you can't make somebody talk about it who doesn't want to talk about it. Even mm-hmm. no matter how intelligent you are, if you're convincing yourself that, oh no, this is not. It's old stuff. I don't need to worry about it. And then when it when it comes out. Sometimes you don't even get to control how it comes out when it hits you, right? And if you begin to, you know, for him, he started self-medicating, thinking that that was going to help him alleviate the stress, right? And uh, it just, it took a turn for the worse. But mm. uh, yeah, I thought about that. I thought about like, how much, how much more could I have done? You know, sometimes, sometimes I want to <laughs> go into, you know, worrying, right? Like, what, what more could I have done? You can't make somebody go to therapy. I mean, when they're, you can make them go to sit in an office for an hour with somebody, but what does that do, you know, really? Like, you know. But don't you find that talking, because he said he never talked about it. Does, don't you, do, do you find that, or do you believe that if he would have spoken about it more to people or to a professional, that that alone could be what would have helped him? Like maybe unravel everything, like speaking it out? Because I definitely believe that it does help. Um, and that's why people say therapy treats a lot of things and is like a miracle. Um, yeah. So, uh, do, you, do you believe that it could have helped? Maybe. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I'm I believe it could have helped a lot. Things, yeah. 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 And I just, I, I didn't, you know, it's like, well, what do you do? You know, like, um, even though I was kind of raising him, like, how do you, how do you support that? How do you, what, what things do you say you're gonna have to do this, right? And then, you know, and all the, you know, as I mean, with parents, I don't, I don't have biological kids, but I've, you know, raised a lot of kids in this mentoring work and definitely kids who I had him have raised in other, you know, who lived with me or whatever. I think part of it is that space of, man, like it's tough. Like it's tough. Like I don't want to talk to nobody about this stuff. And then you're like, okay, how much am I pushing my stuff as opposed to not only just common knowledge and research, right? I'm not talking about what I think, it's talking about what. But then how much do you, how much, you know, all those, all those questions that I said parents have to ask themselves, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, I'm doing this because I just in your best interest. You don't want to do it. So what, you know, like you're going to do it anyway. And, and knowing that when I look back, I'm like, maybe I should have put more pressure on that. Right. But you know, ultimately I gave, I gave my best, right. I think I'm not, I don't beat myself Absolutely. up about it. I think about it once in a while. I'm like, what would I, what would I tell a parent today if they were in the same situation? And I would say, I would probably do something different. I would say, well, then maybe it's not individual counseling, it's family counseling, right? So you get a third party in a conversation, but that's just me thinking hindsight, right? In the moment, you're like, I don't want to be dealing with this argument right now. I don't want to deal with, I don't have this fight right now, right? And so, but yeah, I definitely think that him talking about it would have helped a lot because he was carrying it. It, it. it was real. It was real. It was it was in him and it was just being ignored, you know? Um, Absolutely. And so, yeah. 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 I also think community helps a lot. A lot of people are alone. I think the biggest issue we have is like, you know, lack of community 
and people not having pe the right people um, to speak to and to relate to and to, you know, um, yeah, um, have like uh, untraditional therapy sessions with, which really means like with your friends or with like peers or just mm -hmm. uh, people who are similar to you and your journey, whatever that means. Um, so I think a lot of people are alone and um, yeah. in the entire world, right? Yeah. And so um, if, if, if people had, you know, there's a quote, Tam, what was the quote? Um, the What do you think the opposite of uh, addiction is? Hmm, I've heard it recently, I think. The opposite of addiction is... You would normally think is like aversion, sobriety, right? You would think the opposite of addiction is sobriety. If someone's not addicted to something, they're sober of it. They're sober. Mm -hmm. So if you're, if you're, you know, the opposite of addiction is sobriety. It's not. When you really think about it, the opposite of addiction is community. Because um, usually when someone is addicted to something, they're not a part of that right community. Um, long story short, I'll give you an example of something. They did a test years and years and years ago. I forget like the group that did it, but it was, they took a bunch of uh, rats and, um, and they did a test. They started with having one little cage and they had a rat in the cage and they had water uh, in a little bottle and they had uh, another uh, bottle of water with cocaine in it. And um, each time they did it, each time they did the experiment, they, um, the rat chose the water with the cocaine and overdosed and killed itself, you know, died, died, died over and over again. They tried it in different ways, but same thing, that rat in that cage died. And so they um, tried it a different way where they put 20 rats in this community uh, cage, much larger, had a home for each of them and had like a play area and had multiple water bottles and had multiple cocaine water bottles, uh, water bottles filled with cocaine in it. And um, in that rat haven community, the rats chose the water and continued thriving and living in their community. And none of them overdosed and none of them died. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, in life, uh, there's a lot of people who are alone and who are that, who's that like, who are you know that one rat in the story in the experiment i'll be interested in knowing like i, I, I would love to know more about this study and what do what do they attribute the the survival to like because did they attribute it to others were like hey don't don't mess with that one because we've, we've we've noticed that that one creates some kind of stress in the community like was it like like was it like <laughs> Over, you know, the overseers, like, stay away from that one. That one's bad news, right? Like, that one's yeah. a good one over there. Do, 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 do you know if it spoke to that? I don't or? know if those rats knew that that one wasn't the good one necessarily. Or maybe yeah. they tried it and then they didn't overdose because they were like, oh, maybe we want to continue living. How, what I took from that was um, the having a community became the reason why the rats were like, we want to live. We're not trying to see what's mm -hmm. at the, you know, on the other end of overdosing on this mm -hmm. drug. I think they were, they were, they mm -hmm. were at the very least content or happy uh, with the community that they were in. So they were like, let's, let's, you know, drink the water that'll just continue our survival and be, you know, continue our ability to thrive in this community. Whereas when the rat was alone, the rat was like, well, what's, this isn't exciting. What's like going to be on the other end of, overdosing on this interesting drugged water that's that's what i got from it yeah and i think in life even though you can be around a ton of people and most people aren't they don't have the um resources or like the um environment where they're around a ton of people but in la in my world a lot of people are in front of a lot of people or they have relationships with a lot of people that doesn't mean that you don't feel alone or are alone so it's like it's about, you know, finding what your community, your community, like whatever that means. It could be simple. It could be one great person or influence in your life. Like, you know, it can start with just yeah. great therapy, just an outlet. I don't, I'm not sure what that is, but I'm still on my journey of trying to figure out what that is for people. Um, but I do know that 
when you're around people um, that make you feel a certain way, it really, really makes a difference in your life. And whatever that certain way is for you, I'm being a little vague, but because uh, I don't want to be too specific to tell people yeah. what was right for them. But you know, when you know, you know yeah. that you're around the right people, and um, and uh, yeah, that's a community. I, mean, I think for rats, it's different. It's like just having a bunch of rats is the community. But I think for people, it's a little bit different. Mm. Um, but but yeah. yeah, I do think so. The back to the the saying, it's like the opposite of addiction is not sobriety. The opposite of addiction is community. Mm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't know if I'm gonna tell you this story right now or later, but I have a question. I want to know about rats and community. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a, it's a wild story. So, what, where is your community? What, who, like, where do you go as an entrepreneur who is, and I can, so I'm thinking as, as, as another entrepreneur to entrepreneur, like, where do you go to get support like i think there's this old writing from paul j meyer when in a you know a long time ago old dude he was like who his his uh, audio book was called who motivates the motivator like mm-hmm. who do you go to to get refuel to re-energize because you have all these responsibilities as an entrepreneur you know it sounds like a very uh, exciting thing but it also means you have a lot of you you have to handle all the problems you yeah, get to yeah. you get to be a problem solver so who do you how do you find community, go to community, use community? You know, I'm still on that journey. What I will tell you is um, uh, I never had a community. And I felt like I, the closest I ever had to having a community was once I moved to L.A. and I was around other creative people. I felt like my entire life, I had a lot of friends and people I knew uh, in school growing up. But I never <laughs> felt like there was like a community that I actually had, whatever that means. Like a group of people that really understood me and who I felt challenged by and who at the same time I felt like I had a good time with. Um, I never, you know, I never did drugs growing up. I never, I wasn't really necessarily the rebel. I was a rebel in the sense that I liked business and creating things and doing creative uh, projects and have goals that, you know, usually people my age didn't. So my friends usually Mm -hmm. like to smoke pot and like to get into trouble or like to just do things that I didn't necessarily relate to at any age, like elementary school, middle school, high school, and after, um, my head was kind of somewhere else. And I knew that the people, uh, I knew that there were people out there that were just like me. And so when I eventually moved to LA in my mid twenties, I was like, oh damn. So I felt like constantly high cause I was around filmmakers and creatives and artists and, uh, you know, actors and aspiring, you know, creators and, Uh, entrepreneurs, people who are creating, you know, businesses that help solve issues in the world. And I thought that was really exciting and fun. Um, And just, and just, then I discovered spirituality and people who wanted to understand what life was and wellness. Like right now I'm developing a wellness business. Uh, It's a startup and I'm super excited. And the people who are helping me with it are partnering with, partnering with me on these ventures. Those are my, uh, that's my community. And I feel like that is what constantly keeps me thriving and happy and feeling um, not alone. Um, it's when I was with people mm-hmm. growing up in school, even if I had 500 people who knew who I was or who considered me a friend or who I considered a friend, I never felt like I, uh, they were a community or that, um, or that, that these people were the people that I was supposed to um, uh, build something with whether it's my life or things that I do in my life um I've never felt that connection with people um but then there is like a second part to that too that we'll talk about on maybe another time um <laughs> but uh, I definitely found so yeah. so in my work life I found my community uh once I moved to Los Angeles which was amazing because I was like oh like this is what I've been missing my whole life like I needed to just be around a certain energy and vibe and and creatives and you know, entrepreneurial minds. And for some reason, I never found that living in San Diego, but I immediately found it in, in Los Angeles. And I was, I was excited at the level that I can't even describe it at a capacity that I can't describe. It's just, you have to feel it. Um, but then I found another community in LA as well um, in my personal life uh, and like a deep, deep personal life. And that has like a whole other layer and story to it. So that, yeah, 
there is a there is hope. I think everyone, no matter yeah. who they are and what they're interested mm-hmm. in, will have community. But what about you? What is your what is your like sense of community? Like who are your people today? Yeah, you know, um, so I didn't, you know, growing up, I didn't have a mentor growing up. I mean, I didn't have a mentoring program. I didn't go through a rites of passage. Um, I think 10 years ago, 2010, actually 11 years ago now, um, I did my first men's retreat, men's weekend, and it was life-changing. And I think for the last 10 years, 11 years, I keep like 11 years now, um, I've been meeting with this group of men for 10 years, 11 years, three hours a week. And mm-hmm. it's my, my team. Um, and that is, my, that's my space to go and take off my mask. And it wasn't until I went to my first meeting before I joined and before I did anything official, I just got invited by another man. I was like, sure. I, I would love to check it out. You know, went to the mm-hmm. meeting and I'm like, what is this? It was like, 50 men at this one meeting like in a circle like it was like first of all it was up in the trees in the woods and i'm like well what where where am i first of all i was i was more nervous than anything i was not as the first thought wasn't oh this is amazing the first was like where the heck you bring me you know (laughs) but once i got over that part i was like wow like a circle of men who wants to help other men become amazing great men that is what I've been looking for. And I think what I had, I started Ever Forward in 2004. I didn't join mm. the team until 2010. I was actually building for the Young Men at Ever Forward what I wanted, but I didn't even know that it existed. Wow. And so I think that has been where I find my my space to be at my best, you know? And um, how funny is, give me one second. Um, great question. And my... Uh, my computer just said, uh, "Keep playing, keep playing, keep trying to keep trying to do this interview without plugging me in." And we're about to <laughs> we're about to have a surprise. So hold on one second, I gotta plug. <laughs> I'm sorry, but the person you called has a voice mailbox that has not been set up yet. Goodbye. That part. Well, welcome back. <laughs> we just had a a, a fun little intermission because I plugged my computer in and literally as I plugged it in the the thing reset on me which said we don't know what you're doing what are you trying to do so um something happened there and it actually looks much brighter now I'm not sure what happened it looks much brighter oh no who knows it looks great it's a it's a new setting the other one was didn't look this bright so I'm hoping the well we'll figure it out your picture is excellent right now yeah it wasn't like they didn't look like that, but maybe it'll look like that in the it'll look like this in the recording. Well, the um, I know that in this um, probably because I didn't have it plugged in because what it does is um, Zencaster was started for audio, and so it it prioritizes audio, and then what it does is prioritizes making sure audio is really crisp and clear, and the video even though it may show not clear here, it records it the way it's capturing it, but it doesn't spin a lot of the. Bandwidth. That, that's that my, makes uh, total sense. Okay, got it. I just made that up, but that's how I hear. That's how Ryan talks about it. So I just have now adopted his lane. <laughs> Everything he's sometimes he's here with me. Sense. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes he's on the show with me, and most times I run it. I run it solo. So that's awesome. Well, yeah, man. And I think that I think I answered. I did finish answering your question. I think I was just saying. Yeah, yeah. I think I did answer your question. Did I, did I fully yeah. answer your question? You yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. totally did, man. And what I tell people normally is that when the, when we have this show is like sometimes the the show will know when it's done. And I think I think we hit a really good spot. I think we hit a really good yeah. spot. Um, and I think that not done like forever. I'll see you next time. See you later. But like hopefully this is the beginning of a connection and the work that you're passionate about doing. That's the work. Hopefully you can see that we're passionate about doing. Absolutely. Um, hopefully the work with these masks. Hopefully you will see how that is truly. Um, connected right yeah. and i'm gonna show you a mask because this is interesting when you when you talked about when you were talking about the mask that you were looking for online this is a mask that we recently got um right <laughs> and you, <laughs> and, i love it and over the I last year, over the last year we've gotten so many like literally face masks that it's uh it's almost mind-blowing but that it's is been, a mask that's what a mask 
you know, looks like to a 15-year-old. That was a 15-year-old, right? That's the mass yeah. that they've experienced in their life so far with, with, with dealing with this pandemic. That's right. And, and, and there, there's, there, there's so many of them. Like there's some of them are designer ones. Some of them are just, you know, yeah, I love it. 95. Some of them were like, it, it's like, it's really interesting. So that's uh, when you said that, I'm like, oh, God, I hope I get to show this to him before the end. It's just funny what Google has done with their with their searching of search of masks pre pandemic. That was not what would come up. No, <laughs> but you know we're in a different yeah, you world have today. Kind of, you have some kind of Burning Man mask, some kind of some kind of other mask, right? It'd be, some, yeah. it'd be uh, not that, not, not that. that. Not that, that is so funny, man. Well, I'm super inspired by this little activity that we did and the way that you center an entire conversation around this mask. That's really really cool, and I can't wait to see more of what you do with this organization and with this you know ongoing podcast that's awesome man and thank you for having me well thank you well thank you for being here and as an entrepreneur i would love to maybe maybe some, some things you can help us with as we are in this next season you know we're we're, we're create i think i'm a, i think i finally started to accept that i'm i think i'm create a little bit creative too mm -hmm. and uh i think of stuff all the time um and uh maybe our next opportunity is to I can learn something from your, you know, many years of entrepreneurial experience. You know, my first my first business was when I was in the fourth grade. I was selling candy, and uh, yeah. it got shut down after about five months because uh, some kid came to the classroom trying to buy candy in the middle of class. Oh man! I'm like, dude, get away! Like, get away from the door! She got me and bought me busted. <sighs> so yeah, so but so that I thought my I thought I all the entrepreneurial juices were kicked out of me because they were like you can't sell candy here that's illegal i'm like i did something illegal how, how it, it felt so good it felt, it felt so amazing you know what i'm saying you buy, them, you yeah. penny, buy penny candy sell them for a nickel that was the best business ever and oh man <laughs> yet again I haven't found those margins yet again never but, again uh, never again <laughs> oh my god that's funny man that's really cool i like that you did that that's really cool uh, well, I look forward to our next conversation. I, I think how, tell people how they can get in touch with you. Um, where do you? I mean, what what is what are you working on that you want people to know about? That you, yeah. What, what is it out that your what's your next project that you want people to follow or? So uh, yeah, yeah. I own a um, I own an entertainment media company uh, called Illuminate Entertainment Group, and I own a few companies and projects under that umbrella. Um, but the best way to you know stay in contact with me or reach out to me is through my Instagram, which is you know, at Samir Zakir, S-A-M-I-R-Z-A-K-I-R. So that's the best way. And I'm currently working on a wellness uh, media company under my, you know, banner. And so it's kind of like the first of its kind, you know, people, people look to, uh, you know, political media, fashion media, entertainment media, you know, focused publications. This is a wellness focused um, publication that focuses on all things wellness from mental wellness emotional physical um you know there's 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 uh there's a lot to be you know uh, there's a lot to learn about wellness uh and as i'm learning uh i'm also trying to uh, uh distribute the same information that i'm learning out into the world um it's kind of like you did with your men's group what you, you you wanted to find that group so you created it so that's great man man that's so exciting well we'll put the we'll put your link we'll put the link to your instagram in the show notes so people can Perfect. find it there and okay, um man. thank you for being on the show today i so appreciate you thanks for being with with me in my early getting settled settled in in this new space and i really appreciate you and yes. uh, i'm looking forward to i do to too man thank you so much have a great day If what you heard today you enjoyed, if you've listened to this and you found something inspiring, please like and subscribe to this podcast. That's the best way for someone to uh, find this podcast, maybe like you did. Um, please tell someone about it. If you know, listen to some of our previous episodes, and if one of them rings out to you, please share it with somebody you know. Um, we also invite people to join us in a face-to-face -face where they come together with another person to make a mask and talk about that mask together. There's short conversations, about 20, 30 minutes. 
So if that's something that's interesting to you, please uh, send us a message, send us a, in the comments below, let us know that you're interested in that. And we look forward to you joining the movement of the Million Mask Movement. And check out our new shirt. I don't know if you, how you can, if you can see it, but this is our new shirt, the Million Mask Movement. And so uh, we'll have these soon available, uh, but we look forward to you being a part of the movement and supporting our work. Uh, please consider supporting the work that we do in Ever Forward and in the work uh, that we do in the Million Mask Movement to let people around the world realize that they're not alone. Thank you.